Hi, this is Mason Andrew, and I'm here to talk with the Enrons about your new favorite song, She Wants It All. to your new favourite song, a podcast brought to you by the Enrons, where each week we will feature a recently released song from an independent artist. My name is Bernard Dennis, and I'll be your host. Today, I'll be speaking to Mason Andrew about his song, She Wants It All. Hello, Drew. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Okay, so before the interview, yeah. <laughs> before the interview, I send the guests a list of questions from which they select three for me to ask them at the beginning of the show in order to get to know them better. So here's the first question: Have you ever been told you look like someone famous, and who was it? When I was skinny about five years ago, uh, I worked at Ruby Tuesday, and this guy took his asked to take his picture with me because he said I looked like Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins, yes, 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 of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. So this is, you have this uh, on your Spotify page, you have the Avatar. That's the that's the one. No, no, that was, uh, the, the Avatar page one is uh, from about two years ago. And... Uh, that was just me really bored and I put on makeup uh-huh. and like, I just was bored and I was trying to take a picture that looked like really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to <laughs> it was a nerdy thing. I was, it's the downside of having a lot of time and like, I just hang out in my apartment and I was like, I've got some eyeliner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, but you said you were like two years ago, you were really skinny. Or oh, five years ago, you were really skinny. Oh, no. Yeah. Five years ago. Yeah. There was this guy when I worked at, or it might have been more like seven or eight years ago, because I've put on a lot of weight over the years. But it was when I worked at Ruby Tuesdays. And uh, he just, he literally just walked up to me and he goes, You look like Billy Corgan. I started talking to him about music. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, it was like, do you mind if I take a picture with you? And I don't even know why he did it still, because if you see someone who looks like Elvis, you're not like normally going to walk up to him and be like, hey, can I take my picture with you? Yeah. But I remember the weirdest thing was, I remember that even though he was talking about Billy Corgan, his favorite band was Mushroom Head, which is like a, a band that's like a knockoff of Slipknot. Yeah. And it was just, it was just one of those odd things. I don't know. Okay, so, uh, yeah, some people do some strange stuff, eh? But, uh, yeah. yeah, just uh, going up to random strangers and saying, can I take a photograph with you because you look like someone famous. Yeah, it sounds made up. And even I thought, like, not to bring it up, but at the same time, like, but I was, this is the example of where the mental illness part comes on. I was actively psychotic at the time, but I do think that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I could be wrong. I don't know. You could be wrong. It was weird. Okay, so that leads <laughs> me on to the next thing I wanted you you uh, asked is, what is the scariest thing you've done for fun? Oh, uh, smoke weed. Why is that scary? I'm a lightweight. Like, I'm one of those dudes who gets paranoid, just fetal balls, and just goes, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. So why was weed yeah. specifically scary for you? It's the only drug I've done. Yeah. So it was like uh, it just being out of control of my senses, I guess, or like um, I couldn't think of a way to. It was like I was not psychotic when I smoked weed. It was just like when I smoked it, it just made me feel really uncomfortable or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, 
Uh, it's funny you should say that because uh, I, I remember when I first moved, I live in the Netherlands and when I first moved here, uh, I shared a house with three guys, with two other guys and one of them smoked some really heavy, heavy, heavy weed. And we decided one evening that we were going to try it together and I got really paranoid. I've never, ever been so paranoid in my life. Uh, I, you know, I thought they were going to rob me and steal my car and whatever. But so, you know, I was really, really paranoid. I was really, really frightening experience. Um, and um, I have a son who's at um, like I think junior high. You'd call it in America, fourteen years old, junior high, I think. Um, yeah. So we every so often they give us a kind of talk about you know how you know uh, addiction and stuff like that. And, and we had one this week about. Um, drugs and tobacco and you know all that shit. and apparently that um, there are two components there are two uh, active components in uh, marijuana or in cannabis um, and one yeah. of them is the bit that gets you high you know and makes you do risky things but also kind of tends to um, uh, bring on anxiety and paranoia um, and yeah. the other uh, active component is something that brings you down. It's like makes you mellow, dulls your senses, and like a Thomas Pinchon character. Yeah, and and what I didn't realize, okay. and the guy who was doing this was uh, an expert in you know all these kind of addictive substances, and he said, well, what they've been doing over the last couple of decades is they've been cultivating marijuana so that it has more of the stuff that makes you active and less and less of the stuff that makes you dull. So what happens is that people who are prone to paranoia tend to uh, get worse because there's 20 times more of that than there is in the stuff that kind of brings you down. Yeah, when um, weed, I gave it up because I enjoyed the high. It's just that that first experience was the scariest thing I've ever done for fun because mm-hmm. I was like just really I, – I smoked too much of it. I think that the big issue was like I smoked like – like I was like exhaling fresh air, <laughs> and there was no smoke. Like, there was no smoke or anything. It was literally like I was holding my breath like crazy, and it was just one of those things where it was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just I, well, I should, I should have told a specific end because like there was one time at the pilot lot, which is a little like. Uh, a little dive bar where uh, it's in Knoxville mm-hmm. and uh, there was this guy and again this is uh, I, it sounds like it's made up almost because it's so crazy but yeah, I was just hanging out with him and he goes you want to get out and then I was like yeah sure why not and then we went out back behind the potlight and I spoke to him and went back inside and I went to like I wasn't paranoid. I actually did pretty good that time, but then I had to walk home and I was, the one time I got paranoid was when I was walking home, I was like, the cops are going to get me. <laughs> Cause it was about a 30 minute walk yeah. from there to here. And I was pretty stoned. So, I mean, it, I yeah, weed's a funny thing. I have no issue with this. Just that it, the main thing is, is the, um, I'm on so many like since they don't see it like I'm on a lot of medications so so like it's I know it's like it's like it's one of those things where I it's hard to get my brain to level I guess yeah. where it's like I don't have to so I try not to disrupt it too much with substances I don't even drink too much normally I went through a bender recently where I drank two six packs of hard cider, mm-hmm. and that was about the most I've drank in like maybe a year. Yeah, and I didn't do it all in one day, but I mean, it's not even like that heavy. I remember it's just one of those weird things about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think, what's going on? I'm trying to call you. Oh, nothing. I was just. Oh no! I'm just I thought somebody was trying. I thought I could hear a telephone in the background. Oh no no no! 
I thought you were I thought you were messing with me because I said I got paranoid. I was like, oh shit, I didn't know. <laughs> <it all." laughs> yeah. Are you getting paranoid? Yeah. Uh, you're not paranoid. They are out to get you. Yeah. So the third question you uh, requested is, what failure have you learned the most from? I was going to say, I tried to kill myself once and I learned that like sometimes getting what you want is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I was grateful when that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I should have died. Like it was a lot of, I took a month worth of meds, but it was just uh, dealing with stuff. Like the thing I learned from it is just that dealing with stuff sometimes is better just to not get what you want, I guess. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's a kind of dark, pretentious way of looking at it but then i'm like i can't help it because like it's just uh it's just uh i'm very grateful that it didn't work yeah 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 that makes sense because um uh you also mentioned to me in your mail that you've been diagnosed with schizophrenia yeah, uh, and with that anxiety. So, I mean, that, that must affect also the way you make music um, and it will reflect in your music. Um, before we get on to that, uh, somebody asked me uh, when I was speaking to somebody about, about this episode, uh, about this interview, um, and they said, well, um, the one question they said, but what is the one thing that you wish, that you wish that other people knew about schizophrenia? Is, is that it's manageable almost. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's almost like with proper medication, you can actually stop hallucinations on some level, or at least they were able to with me. Yeah. Um, Abilify Maintainer is the injection I get, which I think is the thing that decides how effective medicine is. Like, if you miss a dose, then you basically go off your rocker again. Mm-hmm. But you get it by injection, which is what I do. I get a shot in my hip once a month of a Vilify Maintainer, and it just, having that consistently in your bloodstream makes it where you can... Yeah, but you can function. Yeah, the, the other medicines are for my other stuff, like uh, OCD, and like, they, uh, Prozac helps with OCD. It's also for depression. Yeah. And you can cut out the specifics if you want. But I don't mind. No, no, no. Carry on. No, not like carry on. I think it's really uh, something that nobody talks about, or very few people talk about. Certainly, n- not in the music world. Uh, so uh, I'm quite uh, quite interested in how it works. You know. Yeah. So it's like I've got like OCD, anxiety, severe depression, and paranoid schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, it's like, it works like a, with the music in particular, it works like, I wanted to be a musician when I was, um, since I was a kid, but then life circumstances kept pushing me away from it. When I was diagnosed, I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up getting back into music as like a type of therapy. That's why some of the work's so inconsistent on my on my uploads yeah. is because like I was like but it was like uh but um oh with schizophrenia and you did it as a type of therapy. Yeah. So it was like the way I generally record is different for each song. Recently what I've been doing is creating piles of drones digitally. Yeah. Like with that's like with humans at all. So what that means is like I'll go to Reason Studios and then whatever I'm feeling, I try to just push it into the music. But the the the, the cathartic part of it actually comes from the lyric writing. Mm-hmm. But when I am creating the music aspect, I'll literally just create like a 15, 20 second loop. Yeah, and then I pile on layer after layer after layer of music and then I figure out how I want it spaced out to come to that climax. Yeah, yeah. So do you always kind of build up towards a climax at the end or do you use any other types of uh, structure in your songs? I, 
I do. I've tried with creating stuff. I've tried just about everything from traditionally writing with pen and paper and a guitar or a ukulele to uh, to also uh, another technique I have used is I will take a fragment and arrange them and like arrange multiple fragments and then organize them to where it's like a verse course verse style but i don't actually know what the verse course is and verses or i just literally make little fragments and then kind of collage them together yeah that makes sense yeah so you do you record all of those separately and then stick them together in the in the software most of what i've been doing I used to use a freeware drum machine called Hydrogen for all my early stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just this last year that I've invested in any kind of professionally made software. And I, when I go through Reason Studios, I, I, I just kind of, I've been layering it more like as a drone and then spreading it out. It's the more consistent that I've done it recently. Yeah. Like most of the album that she wants it all is all broken that way. Yeah. And this shows how, like, one thing I will say for people who are trying to learn recording, generally speaking, even if you think you've got, like, the best ear, always record the guitar when you're arranging the other ear. It sounds like, like, that was the biggest problem with my early stuff is I used to, when I used hydrogen, I would be, like, playing the guitar and then, like, sorry, I'd be playing the guitar and then I would, uh, record it afterwards so like i would do bass parts and drum parts Mm -hmm. and then record the guitar part on top of it yeah i found that especially if you're arranging everything completely on your own that if you record the guitar to a click track yeah and then and then just load it into whatever software using and arranging around it much easier yeah yeah. it was like everything i did with music and it didn't help that like i had a really bad like my psychotic episode, like, there's some demo songs I put up of just me with an acoustic on my album. I think it's just called Mason, or it's no, it's the B sides are failure and best of, which is I've recorded like 300 songs. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. So it's like there's some acoustic demos where they're like on time. And the lyrics make almost sense. And I was like, yeah, that's not that bad. And then I was listening to some of my early stuff when I, after my psychotic episode, and it's like slightly off time. And just, it's like, it really broke me really hard. It's taken me a long time to get back to where it's almost any quality good. Yeah. And, and so, like the song, She Wants It All, that's quite a recent song, isn't it? That's not been out very long, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been the last few months. Yeah. I think six months. So what's the story behind that particular song? I mean, it's, uh, is there a story or is there, is there somebody who, is there a she who wants it all? There was, and it, it's, it's, it, was, uh, it was almost, uh, it's almost an embarrassing anecdote because I, it's again, one of those weird things. I don't know how I get myself in weird situations, <laughs> but... There was, uh, there was, I was on Tinder and I was just talking to this girl and she was like, you want to come over? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And then, uh, she was actually really into S&M and stuff. And apparently, and because I'm so anxious, I was like, no, I don't want to hurt you. And she was like, um, yeah, it was embarrassing. I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it that makes me not seem like a loser. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think, but basically, it doesn't I sound like a loser to me. It's, uh, but uh, carry on. But it was just I didn't spank her hard enough, and she ended up ghosting me. Yeah. And then I came home, and over the next few days, I ended up composing that song. And then when I was just like, when I was singing, I just had that phrase: "She wants it all, obey the call." Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was almost like just man up to it next time <laughs> or something. I had no idea. In a perfect world, my friends, no. 
I mean, you know, uh, it's got a dark comedy. Um, it's a goofy one, so even I know it. Like, yeah, I mean, if you... and it's because I was in the, <laughs> I, I was in the zone for it during like I was in the zone when I was like recording the song. I was like, yeah, if it was right now, it'd be different. <laughs> and then like, but then like, but then like, the whole thing was just kind of like I don't know. It's the thing with the internet; like random things happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but you know, I, I admire that you go, you know, you go for it, and a lot of people kind of uh, stay in their own sort of safe bubble and not venture out there. And you know, you, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's quite, uh, quite amazing. I'm quite uh, impressed, you know, about that you do that. Uh-huh. Um, let's take the risk and do something a bit strange or a bit odd or, or a bit. Out, you know, not outside of the norm. I think, and uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that, you know, look, like it's that odd that you don't want to hit somebody that hard, especially because we're ingrained as men, you know, that you don't hit women. Imagine it's a strange, a strange situation. It's like uh, hit me harder. Oh, I don't want to do that now. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hit me harder. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very odd. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, the. Camera turned off. The camera's on. Not on mine, but oh, there it went. It was your. Uh, I couldn't see. You. Oh right. Uh, was what it was. Yeah. The camera turned off, and it was just making me anxious because I was talking and I was like telling this anecdote, and then I was just thinking about it, and then I couldn't see you, and I was like, "Oh no, this is a bad time." No, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I I've been around. I've been around. Um, I've been around. Yeah, I was, <laughs> um, yeah. So you can say what you like. Yeah, you can say whatever you like, and if it's, okay. I'll let you know okay. if if I can't handle it. But uh, I certainly will okay. not switch off the recording or whatever until I say, and now is the end, okay. right? Okay, so don't worry about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if I am um, gonna run away, I'll let you know. Fine. Like, okay, well, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we're cool on that. Um, so uh, you so you you had this uh, 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 experience, and then you decided to write this this song. And how did you then start it off? Because you you've got this you've obviously got this kind of frustration or whatever is going on. You're in this kind of zone. So what did you? How did you come together the song? Compositionally, it ended up being almost linear mm-hmm. uh, as to, as to the layers that were integrated. So, for example, like the bass line and drums were the first thing I did, um, and then I got obsessed with that dum 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 dum, and I just kind of it's just a driving rhythm, and I just started playing with synths on top of it, and the actual writing of the yeah, it's like I said, it's mainly linear. So for each verse, it's kind of ended up spread out the way I written it, but normally it didn't happen that way. So even though I layer it on top of each other, when I spread it out, like the order I wrote them, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like that's how it's kind of spread out. Yeah, after I did it, but uh, lyrically, I literally just improvise. I mean, that's literally what I. That was the way that I feel that I go back and forth. Like I said, I did an EP of songs and I know this is about, she wants it all, but it's just, it's a, it, I think it's a relevant comparison. Cause like I wrote with pen and paper on that mm-hmm. one. And then someone told me they were like, it's not as good as your other stuff. And I was like, that's just me. Like literally just making stuff up until I'm like, so then like, I kind of go back and forth between those two methods with lyrics. Yeah. So this is kind of freestyle versus um, composing, really lyrically composing something. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like I'm obsessed with hip-hop and stuff. So, like, most of my music I actually consider trying to mix, like, ODB from the Wu-Tang Clan with Bob Dylan, if that makes any sense. Like... Where it's like Bob Dylan's like um, subterranean homesick blues, mm-hmm. 
where it's like semi wraps. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a form of skin. So like I I try to do something almost that's like that's like a combination of the improvisation of hip hop with the ambition of 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 someone who's not me, but someone who's like who can. Like it's like it's an ambitious improvisation. Like you go into a really strict state of mind, mm-hmm. and then whatever comes out, you just document it. Yeah, so um, like a stream of consciousness. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it's like it's like James Joyce or something yeah, like yeah. that, where you just literally just let it. Yeah, it's like it's like when you're strumming with a guitar and you just start singing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to find the rhythm, and then. The reason I think that some people like my stuff more when I improvise it, and it doesn't work, like, it, it's not that it doesn't work for everyone, but everyone's got their own methods. So, like, I think that my rational explanations as to how I feel are not as interesting as the absurd ones. And it's also more beneficial to me, I think, to have an opportunity to let compulsive thoughts out mm-hmm. because it's the type of OCD I have. So, like, if I get a thought stuck in my head, one of the reasons the songs are all over the place is because sometimes it's as simple as just having a little phrase stuck in my head yeah. and having to literally just, like, get it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if You know, when I listen to She Wants It All, you know, I hear this kind of, you can hear that there's something going on, that it's not just a... Uh, it's yeah. not just a, a poppy song. There's something, there's deep feeling in there. You know, it's Something's happened and... Somebody is basically taking you for a ride, or or, or is taking advantage of you in some way that you feel bad about, or that you feel like somebody wants something from you you can't give. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like one of the things I was thinking about with that song because I listened to it the other day to try to get ready for uh, just talking about it because I I usually don't listen to myself too much anymore after I make it and I don't perform regular. I used to play open mic nights and little things, but the, I could have played the pot lot, but I burned bridges. Like it's a, I don't know. That's a completely different thing, but with, she wants it all. The, the feeling I had about that song is it's about a type of inadequacy or a, or a, see, a, a perception of failure. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, that's why it's got like this almost theatrical vibe to it. Yeah. Where it's almost like, a, it's almost like, I, it's almost like, another thing I think about it is like, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it, with the, the subconscious thing is I have sometimes, and I, I'll, I have violent compulsive thoughts sometimes. I think that's why I was so uh, adamant that I wouldn't do anything that I wasn't comfortable with with her. Yeah. And that friction between that misunderstanding kind of created the whole situation. I guess. Yeah. Just because it's like, if you can't trust your own brain, then you don't feel confident to do certain yeah. things. And then on top of that, like, that makes sense. Yeah, if you don't know that you can control your own mind, you don't want to give yeah. it any any way of taking advantage of it itself. If yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, or like asserting itself and it snowballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to. It's like that old song that Jack White covered on the Watch Drops. You know, the I wish I had a little box, but the devil in. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's like if you know you're not in charge, fully in charge, then you can't give it any room at all, you know? Uh, because yeah. you're, you know, you don't, you're not sure that you'll be able to get, to, to get it back again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the assurance that the, the most sane thing is, is when you don't want to give it any traction, is when you know you're in a semi sane state. Yeah. So it's like you have to, nurture it yeah or nurture that state of mind where you just you have to be like if you don't feel comfortable with it then you just have to be like and it wasn't even a bad thing it was just that like i said i came home wrote the song and i think it is one of the better ones i've done it's just that 
the the strange thing for me that I think is weird, even though I was talking about how I improvise lyrics and stuff, is the the bass line sums up the whole vibe of the song for me. And I had someone tell me that they wished it was it, it wasn't you, it was someone else who I showed it to. They showed they said that Baseline was too busy or something. And I was like, if they don't like that baseline, they don't get the song. They don't get it. What I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like the heart yeah, of it. Yeah. That's like that the vibe of that ominous. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. <laughs> I, I think. Um, I think the only thing I had to, the only thing I said to you was like the lyrics. I can't hear the lyrics. You know, it's really soft in the mix. So. Yeah, and I did. The, yeah, you remixed it. I remixed it. Yeah. I I tried really hard to. I looked up. Uh, I looked up like like twelve hours <laughs> or not twelve hours. <laughs> I was like, I was like so OCD. I was like, oh man, I gotta fix that song because whenever I get any kind of criticism, I tend to. It's like Stephen King said when he was a kid, the best advice he got was rejection letters, yeah. and like. And so, like, the thing is, whenever I get any criticism that I feel has traction, like I agree with yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I try really I try really hard to correct it to the person to see if I can improve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but, somebody's giving you feedback because you put it out into the world and nobody's telling you anything. They just won't listen to it. Yeah. You know? But if somebody... That's the thing, like, I, or I was just going to say, that's what the thing I learned from music is, like, if you put out hundreds of songs on the internet, chances are you'll never hear anything back on the most yeah, of them. Yeah. And, and I mean, it could have been because I put out so much stuff that was not up to quality, but it was helpful for me at the time to make it. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like, uh, there's this quality of like, whenever, if you start, if, when you're start, when you're trying to learn, like the only, I think that the second time I've had constructive criticism with music. The only other time was I had a buddy who goes to Ottawa and he told me, uh, he told me, uh, one time I used to use a reverse reverb on the vocals. Yeah. He just goes, it's kind of distracting, just tone it down a little. And so I toned it down a little and then I ended up liking it more because you could, even I couldn't understand some of the words in the earlier yeah, songs. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the, effects were so dense in terms of feedback you, you i mean you get feedback if nobody's listening to your work then that's feedback you know yeah. because nobody's listening to it yeah because, well the weird yeah well that's the weird thing is like i've got a lot of uh, or not a lot of plays like i've got plays on there yeah on my site and stuff like i think i've got almost like can't remember how many it is. It's in the thousands, but there's a lot of songs, so it's probably like thirty or forty per song. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, that was the thing. I was amazed that I didn't even have like trolls where they would be like, they wouldn't be be like, "You suck." It would literally just be like, I think people who find my website are literally like that. I think it's almost like one of those like what do they call it, creepy pasta. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, if you find armor then yeah. people will just be like, oh shit, this guy's got too much time on his hands. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think also yeah. when I saw the avatar, I think, oh, okay, there's, there's, you know, there's probably somebody who's, I thought it might be depression or, or you know, so I thought, okay, this. It kind, of, it kind of matches your music, if you know what I mean? It kind of matches the vibe of your music. It's like, okay. I found, uh, what is that, black metal or uh, like extreme metal in general? Mm -hmm. Like the did death pain. Yeah. I didn't have the white makeup, yeah. but I just did the eye stuff and I was trying to literally like imitate death pain, like the stuff they do with that. And uh, I have a real fascination with all kinds of genres of music, but the, on the, when it comes to visual stuff, the weird thing is, is like trying to just provide context for what the intent is. Or so, like, it's one of the reasons I don't put too many selfies up anymore. It's just because, like, the intent is not like if I just like like right now where I've got the toboggan, it's got like dust all over it. 
where it's like if you just told that, then people would be like, oh, this guy's a hobo, <laughs> you know? And like, and it's like no, it's like it's more trying to like. I I literally almost like there's a quote from Daniel Johnson in that little documentary on YouTube where he says, you know, I just look at comic books all day and rock music and it's like my own world. And that's kind of the same thing. Yeah. 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 But trying to, but instead of presenting the person who's living in their own world, it's trying to literally visualize and externalize it. So it's almost like the thing with Daniel Johnson, the difference was is that he would be like, I'm not comparing myself to him in quality because he wrote some of the best songs of all time. But I will say that the thing I wished you would have been able to do more is to get some of the, like, I wish you would have stuck to the piano and I wish you would have uh, uh, done, uh, had some more elaborate arrangements around his mm-hmm. tracks because there's some, I think that his songwriting is up there with Dylan, but yeah. it's just that he uh, he didn't take care of himself, I guess, or something. It's the weird yeah. thing. Yeah. Know. So, you know, when you're saying about quality, do you, think that you're you know you you're saying you've had you've learned a lot or you, you try and take if you take criticism that you agree with you try and actually do something with that and and try and improve so do you think that you ended up with something with you know and, and she wants it all that it kind of ends up being the way you imagined it would be when you started out yes and no because it's like I don't actually have anything more than a feeling and I defend the feeling when I'm making something mm-hmm like it's like I have a an emotion I'm trying to convey. Yeah. But I have but I have no like I have no attachment to how I express it in the song. So there's a huge amount of process of like it's not like those were even though it was re, even though it ended up being kind of linear in the order I wrote the loops, the loops changed a lot as I was writing or arranging them. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So it's like I think the creative process I use is something like trying not to get attached to anything that doesn't serve the emotion. And then, except for sometimes with the lyrics, sometimes I can get, there's certain key phrases. Like I had a buddy, who Luke Brogdon, who told me that I used the phrase nothing a little too much. But it's also because it's since I'm improvising what's on my mind just bubbles out. Yeah. So there's certain redundancy. It's like, oh, you, you know, you start, you start yeah. to mind fuck about what you've been saying, but if you just keep on spouting something out, eventually something will come out. And I think a word like nothing is yeah. is a word like that. You know, it helps to as a sort of a, 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 as, a as a gateway to other words, to the feeling. Yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like nothing is thinking about it out loud after you said that it's like nothing is almost like at once everything it's like the alpha and omega or the rosetta stone of everything i've done musically Mm -hmm. and that it's the avoidance of and embracing of nothing or something where it's like it's like trying to put it it's like trying to keep the devil in the box but then also trying to at the same time like trying to overcome it yeah. or something. You have to own it. You, you can't get rid of it. It's still there. It's in the box. Yeah, yeah. And it, after you write a song, then you've got, uh, like, then you've got, you still got to live for, like, hopefully, unless you, like, bad luck happens with, like, a train or something. <laughs> like, you get to live a while longer. Yeah. And then there's going to be a long period where you don't work on stuff. So it's almost like that, that void is, like, it just feeds it. Like, it's almost like, if you ever, there's a, I just reread it. There's a book by Thomas Pinchon called Gravity's Rainbow that uh, has, uh, at the end of the book, they're singing along to the song as a V2 rocket hits um, a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And that, and the, it's almost like, in a strange way, the closest you can get to hope is to go down singing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's almost like that—that's almost like the embodiment of like what I try to do with my music is just to say, 
Another thing was that, like, I don't think failure is a bad thing when it comes to music because I've done it a lot. Because, like I said, I think there's songs I've not she wants at all. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. But there are songs I've done that I don't think hold up, but I leave them up on the internet because, like, um, there's a quality, there's this quality to modern culture where you, it, it transcends putting your best foot forward and becomes almost a type of idolatry where you have to be, it, it creates a type of, like, way of looking at your, like, when I think of myself, I have to include the failures because that's part of who mm, I am. Yeah. Does that yeah, sense? yeah, certainly. And it's, and it's like with some people, like especially like pop music, like that's the antithesis of it. It's literally trying to put like a Greek statue in front of you, and it's like Ariana Grande farts people. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. She still has to go to the toilet the same way as everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think you know. We, your uh, analogy with the devil in the box, you know, if you put warts and all out there, uh, even the even the not so great ones, that's part of owning that box. It's like reassuring too, just to know that it's okay to be that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like just to know that, like, it's okay to not be perfect, and it's almost like I've had people who. I've had people who didn't like how much stuff I put out that were not buddies, but like the, they weren't constructive criticism, but there was like one guy on, a, I want to know his name because it's not relevant, but he was like, it was on Riders Cafe and he was really hard on how much I shared. Mm-hmm. Like I put a link to my music page on my Riders Cafe mm-hmm. post, which was where I was fiction. Yeah. And he was just really hard on it. And then I was like, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's not like it made your day worse. You listen to it or you don't listen to it or you don't like it. Then just don't listen to it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's like a quality of like in modern culture where you almost have to apologize for not being perfect, but that's an impossible standard. Yeah, that's, yeah. So it's like, so I try to like, it's almost like an example thing of not saying like, hey, one thing I used to when I was real pretentious, when I was hoping that I would be like famous or something, mm-hmm. when I was like real delusional, mm-hmm. was I wanted to, like, if I had one thing I could do with my art, it would just be able to tell people that, like, no matter what you are, on some level, it's okay. Even the worst stuff. And I don't mean it's not, it, it means you can get away with it, but I mean, like, like if a killer is a killer, they go to jail, but they have to make peace with themselves. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's like a weird. It makes no sense, but life has got all these weird little absurd things where yeah. it's like. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you. At some level, with some level, we are perfect. We're the only example of this person that there will ever be. So, how can you be anything other than perfect? Yeah. But it doesn't excuse yeah. bad behavior. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's what I was trying to say. Is like, yeah, it's like you have to like. There's this weird thing about life where it's like diversity of information. Mm-hmm. Where I think it was Richard Dawkins who said that I'm grateful I'm alive because there's so many people who are better than me that didn't get to exist. Yeah. And it's like a similar perspective on that. Like it's almost like saying like. There's a song by of all bands, and I don't know if you like hardcore punk, but have you ever heard of the Circle Jerks? No, oh, no, I don't know. It's a there's a it's it's a it's the title of the band is the most misleading thing because there's an album they did called Wonderful, which is one of my favorite albums, and it's a there's a a song called I think it's I and I. And it's got the lyrics that says, you let your people know the whole world must live here. And it's like, it's like, that's, that's like, if I could reduce, like, or if not reduce, but condense, if I could express condense, if I could condense something, it would be that. I mean, that's like my favorite phrase from a song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like diversity of information, diversity of ideas, contradictions, embracing everything. So we've been talking about the work that you've been doing, and the, you've got a, quite a large body of work. So the next thing, I, what I'd like to ask is, is, is 
what's coming up? What's new? What are you working on right now? What's and all this stuff I work on that's not just music. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, any you know, what are you doing? What what are you up to? Um, I took a, I did two albums this year, so I'm trying to take a slight break from music, yeah. just because uh, I feel like the quality is not peaked, but it's getting better, and I don't want to dilute it. So I decided to go back and. Also, because I love language, but I don't work on it the same way when I'm not using it in the context of a song. I've been writing a novel that I share on my blog, The Soft Monkey Is Alone, called Anunnaki. The Soft Monkey Is Alone? Is that the name of your blog? As Alone. A-S. The Soft Monkey As Alone. It's a play on uh, a Zen phrase called Zazen As Alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got... The two second draft chapters on there, and a lot of blog posts about different stuff. Okay. And I share poetry on there. And the other thing is, I'm working on a video game with this guy named Ian, who is uh, coding it, and I'm doing the graphics. And there will be music for it, so that's technically probably the next musical project, just the soundtrack for that game. And but it will be all instrumental tracks. And it won't be 8-bit. It'll be in recent studios again. Mm. And I'm thinking it'll be more like violin and piano. But it's like, uh, that's the two big projects right now is a little indie game and trying to finish up a novel when I finish the indie game because I just met the dude on a forum a while back and we started, he offered to code the game based off, because I had a project on Indie Database and he was like, I'll code it. And then I was like, wait. And I dropped everything. And that was why I was up last night. Oh, yeah. We were working, working, on on the, uh, working on the game. Yeah. So, I mean, have you got a place where you sell merchandise or you want to shout out to or get to see if we can fund you in some way? I've got the only thing I can think of where I actually put stuff up to sell is I've not updated it along. I've got a, there's a website called ArtStation. I put illustrations on. Mm hmm. But it's not entirely up to date. I think it's under Dharma Discharge also, which is my catch. Generally speaking, if people want to know what I'm up to, just go to Twitter at dharmadischarge.com because I use that as like a hub to post links to all my stuff across the internet. So that's probably the easiest way to keep track of it. And I see straight to keep track of you on the Dharma, Dharma Discharge. Yeah, D H A R M A D I S C H A R G E. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, that's on Twitter, or is that also on f Facebook or uh, Instagram, or do you not do those? I do Instagram. It's under Dharma Discharge. Also, uh, it's illustrations. Yeah, is the main thing I post on Instagram. It's just like drawings and stuff. Okay. I think my Facebook page is under Mason Andrew Free. Because that's the stage name. Uh, and it's not for my overall body of work, but just for the music. Yeah. That's just like a music page. Yeah, because that's also on um, on Bandcamp as well, isn't it? Mason Andrew. Bandcamp. Oh, yeah. Forgot that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best place to go because the website, farmerdischarge.com, doesn't always work. Oh, okay. I use reverberation, and uh, it sometimes just won't play songs. Even I've gotten mad at it when I wanted to hear something that I made. Yeah. So I started sharing on Bandcamp just because it's a lot more stable. Okay. Um, so Drew, before we finish the 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 interview, um, what I'd like to ask yeah. is, have you got? a new song or a favorite song that you listen to at the moment that you think this song is what people should be listening to. Other people should be listening to. What's your recommendation? Oh yeah. It's a bit of a, it's a cover. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah go for it. Yeah. It's, it's what you're listening to. right There's now. a little, there's a girl who goes by, I think it's blood girl. And it's, I think it's on, it's not, she doesn't do anything. I'm saying she does like folk punk. And she has mental problems too. I think she has OCD, huh? and she does uh, just she did a cover of Daniel Johnson's "True Love Will Find You" in the end, and it's my favorite version. I'm one of my favorite. Songs. I mean, it's just a really cool 
uh, her work in general. It's a blood girl. Just uh, it's spelled the way you say it. It sounds. There's no word. Yeah. yeah. And it, she's on YouTube mainly. She's on Spotify also, but generally speaking, she's got like a thousand listeners last time I checked on Spotify uh-huh. or a thousand followers. So it's not like super indie, but she's really, really good. I mean, like really good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll definitely put that in the show notes and uh, let people uh, link to that. That brings us to the end of the interview. So I'd just like to say, Drew, thank you very much for your time, uh, for you this morning, for me this evening. Uh, I've had a very good uh, illuminating conversation, so I'd like to thank you very much again and uh, wish you all the best of luck in your in your game and in your other and career, in your music career. And thank you for having me. It's really been, anytime, this is the most interest anyone's really shown in my work, and I think it's just kind of like, it's made me feel really good. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, you're welcome. It's been a, been a great conversation. Uh, it's nice talking to you too. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away with an appreciation of the creative process and more importantly, have found your new favorite song. All of the songs featured in the show are on our Spotify playlist, the Enron's New Favourites, and you can find all the links mentioned in the podcast in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please hit the subscribe button. If you want to help us to continue making and growing the podcast, as well as releasing new music, then you can either buy us a coffee or become a regular patron. See the show notes for details. If you're not in the financial position to do that, then you can also help out by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes, which really helps to increase visibility for us and for the artists on the show and will benefit us much more than it will be a pain for you. Next week, I'll be talking to Russian artist Ya about the future of gender roles in her song movie. Thanks for listening and see you next week. The time has come, my friends, to laugh and burn in hell. To feel the hate and all the joy we promised we never felt. I'm so sorry. Yeah.